This is episode number 43 of the Rising Man podcast with Oren Harris. Wake up! What is up, my people, my risers, my rising man fam? This is your boy, your host, Jetty Azuma. So glad to be here with y'all again today for another riveting episode of the Rising Man podcast. As we speak, I am getting prepared to head out to Australia for the very first time in my life. For the very first time in my life, heading down under to go visit all my incredible men and women in my life to experience a entirely new, different culture, part of the world for me and for my family. And there's some incredible things that I'm up to. So I'm going to make sure I mention those to you guys right now. I'm going to be out there supporting my brother and my sister, Preston Smiles and Alexi Panos with the Bridge Experience and Bridge Extreme in Brisbane. If you guys haven't heard of Preston and Alexi, I don't know how that's possible at this point, but if you haven't heard of them or you haven't experienced their work through Bridge Experience and Bridge Extreme, do yourself a favor. Make it happen. Get your tickets at bridgeexperience.com. This work that they're doing is really transformative it's a deep dive workshop that you will come into you will spend a weekend going deep you'll never be the same afterwards so if you guys can find yourself in brisbane bridgeexperience.com is where you can get your tickets i will be there my wife will be there it's going to be on and popping we're also going to be down in this area because my wife is launching her rites of passage retreat for mothers called threshold for you men out there who want to treat your ladies to something really powerful strictly for mothers, so looking for mamas out there, send them over to rise.carryazuma.com slash threshold. This is going to be some really powerful stuff. I'm telling you right now, she's been working really hard on it. And the work she's doing, the work that Preston and Alexia are doing, what we're up to right now is really starting to shift and change the dynamics of our culture. So if you want to be a part of it, make it happen. Shout out to everybody out there doing the great work. My family, my people, my brothers, my sisters in the world right now. I just see so many people who are stepping forward into their gifts, who are unapologetically owning their truth and really leaning in to why we are here, why each one of us are here. And this journey represents a major leap into the unknown for my family heading down into Australia. It was a listening for us to that inner voice, the voice of truth that's oftentimes illogical, oftentimes nonsensical, the voice that we all must listen to at times. What we must do is honor that inner compass and prioritize that wisdom over the refined logic and intellect that we have. And that's what my family's up to right now. That's what my brothers and sisters in the world right now are up to. So if your heart has been leading you towards diving into the uncomfortable, diving into the unknown, make sure you head over to rise.jediazuma.com slash elements today to sign up for the next initiation weekend. We're going to be doing our second elements weekend, the end of January, 2019. Again, here in California, seats are going to fly really fast. So make sure you claim yours today. And anybody out there, whatever it is you do, get into the work because confronting ourselves is the only way that we make this happen. All right, let me introduce my guest for today. The amazing, incredible, mysterious at times, Oren Harris is a world-class facilitator and transformation specialist. Trying to define Oren's gift is a difficult task, but he simply activates, inspires, and energizes people around him towards their truth and freedom. That's really what he does. I've seen it live and in the flesh, and this is what everybody who gets to experience some time with Oren has to say about him. He's an influencer, a coach, a strategist, a speaker, and a commitment to inspiring all those he comes into contact with, a truly special human being doing the work on this planet. In this episode, we dove into the stories that we've been told about men and emotions. Men and emotions, such a tricky conversation, something that we really have been tackling and diving into on the Rising Man podcast. And Oren talked about how we can tune into our emotions and make our emotions a powerful asset. So flipping this idea that emotional men are weak men and using it into a leverage point. He also spoke about emotions as the language of and the medium for intuition this gift, this voice we have that guides us and that we oftentimes don't listen to and how we can amplify our instincts. 
we talked about how depression is really just the result of a long-term disconnection from ourselves and from our truth, more importantly. We spoke about how we can only be supported to the degree that we are willing to allow people into our experience, letting them know what we're really going through. How many times do we hear the story of a man who suddenly falls off the deep end, a complete shock, complete surprise to everyone around him, everyone close to him, because nobody knew what was really going on. We need to go there. We need to be willing to go there with the people who we love, the people who we trust the most. We talked about cutting through the BS and getting to our truth in all different relationship dynamics, whether it's with our partners, with our family members, with our close friends, our coworkers, etc. Cutting through the BS and getting to the point. And one of my favorite topics, we talked about holding space for our women and holding space for the feminine to express their emotions and being able to stand in it without faltering. A different sense of commitment and a different sense of purpose when it comes to being of service to our women, being of service to the feminine. And so much more, Oren really is a tremendous man to have a conversation and a dialogue with. I'm glad we captured it for the benefit of everyone out there. Without further ado, Oren Harris. All right, what a treat for you guys. I've got Oren Harris today live on the Rising Man podcast, my man. It's good to see you. Thanks for being on here. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Yes, sir. Ever since we got to sit on the Millennial Mindset panel, I guess it's I guess it's almost a month ago now. Mm-hmm. I've been really excited about this conversation. Although we've been connected for a while now. I've been tracking you for a while through the interwebs. Right. It's funny how we do that these days. We we learn to know each other through Facebook and Instagram and all that. And then you run into someone, you're like, wait a second, I yeah. know you. <laughs> I know what you're up yeah, to. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So uh, very excited to have you on here, man. Looking forward to capturing your genius for this audience. Let me start off by the way I start off all the interviews is some contextual questions. And the first one, this is a new one I've been playing with because I used to ask, what is the difference between a boy and a man? And it it got saturated. Everybody was given a very similar answer. So (laughs) I'm trying this one out for the second time on you. You ready for it? I'm I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what is the biggest belief that you've had to overcome about what it means to be a man? Mm, the biggest belief, I've, that's a great question. Nailed it. <laughs> the biggest belief I've had to overcome about being a man. I don't know that this was a conscious belief, but it definitely is in the belief category, is around the emotional experience of being a man and sensitivity. I would say that's probably the biggest. And if I come up with another one, I'll, I'll let you know. But just like what mm-hmm. that means in terms of being a man versus that typically being categorized as a a feminine type of feature like emotions and you know emotionality and so forth so I don't know that I had a conscious belief around that I wasn't necessarily directly programmed into that like men aren't supposed to be sensitive or emotional but I that definitely at some point was somewhere in my consciousness (laughs) you know right and playing itself out in my world you know yeah yeah, even even just by the people we come in contact with, even if it wasn't spoon fed to us by our parents right. or people who influenced us at, a, at an early age, that I guess it's that whole "big boys don't cry" message that you're, you're mentioning there. That, that when it's not okay to have emotions as a boy or as a man. Yeah, right. Cla- class. So what's the what's the dysfunction about that belief? Let's just dig into that a little bit first. Well, one of the things that's dysfunctional about it is that we're all we're all emotional beings. I mean, that's, that's one of the primary dysfunctions right there. So it's like literally trying to short circuit part of your, nat- your, your natural essence, right? And I think anytime that we try to short circuit or go against the grain or go against the flow of nature, you know, or in this case, our, our nature, then it's going to, our functioning is going to be lower, aka dysfunctional. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, there, there, right. There's a huge part of our, our experience and our power that we experience emotionally. In fact, I would say that the, what we call our life and our reality and our experience. And when we, you know, talk about our successes and our failures, and just when we talk about our life in general, aren't we always talking about feeling like that's the essence of life. That that is what gives life to life is actually feeling. Right. So it's kind of obvious when you look at it, like that's a massive part of our experience. And so if we, dilute that or short circuit it or constrict it, then 
you know, obviously it's going to have a really big impact on, on everything, our relationships, our health, our mental state, everything. Absolutely, man. I think that's one of the biggest outcomes is that we, we become less connected to our experience and it, it takes a lot of energy to constrict someone's, your, your own emotions to, to suppress emotions takes a lot more energy than to just feel them sometimes. Uh, and so we, we have, we're living in a culture right now where men don't believe that it's safe to express emotions. And I'm talking, I'm talking about the big ones, especially sadness, anger, exuberance, and joy. These, these emotions are not well supported by the, the, widely accepted dialogue in our culture, in our society. Totally. Right? And, and one of the, one of the consequences of that, I mean, there's many consequences, is that simultaneously it sets us up in a situation as men where we don't know how to be present, as present with like a woman's emotions. You know, we might understand, mm-hmm. understand it conceptually, but the actual ability to be present, to be able to permeate, to be able to absorb, to be able to be with a woman who's emotional, I think on some levels in direct proportion to our level of connectivity to our own emotion. Mm-hmm. So if, we're, if we're low in our capacity to be with our own feeling, it's not likely that we're going to be superheroes in our capacity to be with like a woman's emotions. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. We talked about what's dysfunctional about disconnect from our emotions. So what, what does it allow us to do or what does it amplify the degree to which we're connected to those? Oh, it amplifies so much. The first thing I would say is it amplifies our, our intuition, right? Our intuition this higher innate intelligence that exists inside of all of us. And it speaks to us, uh, the language of spirit, the language of intuition, this intelligence speaks to us through feelings. And so when we short circuit or disconnect from our feelings to any degree, it simultaneously disconnects us from that intelligence that, and when I say higher intelligence, I just mean it's not constricted by our sense of self and all of our limitations and our judgments and our fears. And so that intelligence it short circuits our intuition if we cut it off, which conversely, the more we can connect to our feeling, the more we can connect to our emotions, that unlocks that channel of information. And so feelings, there's information, there's intelligence coming through feelings that we don't get, to, that we get to take full advantage of. So that's one of the pros on that, right? Mm. And then going to what I was saying about women and being able to be with women, I talked about you know the downside or the consequences of not being able to be with a woman in all of, you know, and and her emotions. Well, the flip side of that is to the degree that we are as men are connected to and allowed to feel and be at one with our emotions that expands our capacity to be with our woman, which how that translates in relationship is deeper intimacy, connection, your woman feeling safe, your woman feeling seen, you know, there's this term, it's kind of a new agey type of term called space. You're like, I'm holding space, right? Yeah. Um, and I just want to speak on that for a moment because our, our capacity to be with emotions is also influencing how much space we can hold, or you could say how much of a presence we can be, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and there's power in presence in general, and there's power in presence in relationship. And I'm connecting this all back to the ability to feel. So that's another thing in your relationships with your woman, your intuition. And then the third thing, your health. I mean, in, in, in one way or another, I would, I would dare to say that almost all sickness, disease, and problems we're having in our body are somewhat emotionally related, mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally, which they kind of work hand in hand. So the more we can allow our emotions to flow freely, you know, a, a good role model would be to look at a baby you know what I mean? Who's not constricting or making up stories or being like, Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. You know, the other babies aren't crying. I shouldn't be feeling this way. The more that, that allows the vital life force of our body to be able to flow, which is essentially health. It promotes health and healing. So that's a third benefit. Absolutely, man. And I I know from my background in the medical field that anxiety and depression almost always go hand in hand with any sort of chronic or long-term illness. There's always some sort of component, uh, some emotional component that gets written off by Western medicine because they're like, oh, you're just depressed, have these pills. But it's a very real connection that you're talking about here. There's plenty of research out there that connects emotions and wellness in our lifestyle. That's why there's so much more being spoken about. There's so many more offers and opportunities to support people. Totally. And I I would say, you know, depression 
depression is a result. Depression is a lack of expression. So the more we mm. repress and suppress our true authentic voice. Now, when I say voice and emotions, I'm kind of using them hand in hand. The more we repress our emotions and whatever it is that's trying to be said or express the energy, eventually if you compress it, if you repress it enough, that turns into depression because we get mm. further and further disconnected from our, our, our center, from ourself. Mm-hmm. And I know you have a lot to say about that authentic voice, so we'll get there in a All minute. Right. Um, and, and something you said back there before, the, the first of the three things about our connection to our intuition, it's, it's amazing because that's, that's definitely one place I was aiming to go with you. But before we hit that, before we go into that, because that's juicy, let's talk about one more distinction between masculine and feminine. What is the difference between the two? I would say masculine, when I think of masculine energy, even the way I just said masculine, masculine, right? (laughs) It's like a a creator energy, right? So we think like the creator and the protector, right? And even traditional archetypes of masculine energy um, are generally associated with that, you know, the the hunter and the protector, right? And so masculine Mm -hmm. energy very much to me connects to uh, form to manifestation. So when I think about like words like I can, I will, even divine will is a kind of masculine energy, right? It's a creative energy. It's a focused energy, you know, versus where feminine energy is more like it's open, it's vast, it's infinite, it's formless, it's essence, right? It's like, it's like creation itself. So when I look at the flow of creation, you know, it's like, we, when we're in a feminine, in our feminine essence, we're in a sense connected to all of creation. And in, in that, in that essence, there's a receptivity and a connectivity to all of life. So we're connected to our, uh, to life beyond ourself or beyond any particular form or any particular definition or any particular creation, you know? And so one of the, one of the kind of ways that these energies work together very nicely is that you know in a state of receptivity we're connected to spirit we're connected to our heart we can receive right we're in a state of receptivity and then it's almost like the masculine then brings into form brings into expression that which is being received right it can it can can Mm -hmm. carry out it's like it moves from formlessness into form from essence into form, into expression, into manifestation, into creation. So anyway, that's the first thing that came to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think that that's, that's what I believe too, is that there's a dynamic interplay of both masculine and feminine. And this goes back to the same kind of dialogue we were talking about before, big boys don't cry. Well, many of us have also heard, don't be a bitch, don't be a pussy, is like this resistance to feeling our emotions as boys, as men, and a resistance to anything that could be labeled as feminine, yeah. including emotions. Totally. And so let's just talk about that, building off of what we were saying before, what's the consequence of that, of not tapping into these feminine qualities as we describe them? You say more, more on like, like the consequences, the negative consequences of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like what are we, what are we missing out on as men? There's another thing we're missing out on is intimacy, right? Because our, our heart, I feel maybe our heart doesn't crave intimacy, but we crave intimacy, intimacy, even that, that cliche phrase of into me see, there's something very primal to me, very innate about being seen because that's where connection happens. That's where union can happen. Right. And so when we're cut off from our emotions, then we miss out on the depths of being seen and the depths of intimacy. And we also don't trust love as much. If you think about it, Mm -hmm. right. Maybe even just subconsciously, because maybe in the back of our mind, if there's like this little corner of our consciousness, this little, you know, reserve place that we're kind of hiding or controlling or keeping to ourselves, even. And then our partner or somebody, a family member, somebody says, you know, I really, I love you. Then because the things that we tend to hide, we, have, we also have judgment on. So we have judgment on our emotions. That's why then if someone says, I love you, we may not really fully feel it. Because in order to fully feel it or even fully believe them, because subconsciously we're like, yeah, but if you saw this thing that I, this bad thing over here, then would you still love me? Right. 
And so I think mm. it definitely affects our ability to receive love and our ability to feel intimate, intimacy with another person where it's like, okay, this person is really seeing me. And, and that, that's, that's a huge yeah. one. Yeah, and, and in some logical way, it, all, it almost makes sense why men or women can resist intimacy because it's vulnerable. It, that, that question is the most basic question we have as human animals is, do I belong? Will I be loved? Will I be accepted? Because so much of our quote-unquote survival depends on it. So it makes logical sense why we would be why that would feel vulnerable, why that would feel risky. And yet if we shut that down completely, we're missing all of these things you just mentioned. Yeah. And, and I would add another thing to that list. We're missing support, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the example of, I don't know if you've been in a situation like this. I know I have, I've been on both sides of it where it's like, you know, you're not, we're not fully feeling what we're feeling, but then we have a desire. We're asking for support on a level that's more coming from our head. And, you know, then there becomes this moment where like the emotion comes out and then you might say the same exact thing and people are like, Oh, why don't you just say that? You know? So it's like people, (laughs) life can only support you in terms of, you know, emotional support or all manner of support. Life can only support you. When I say life, I mean all of life, family, friends, partners can only support you really to the degree that they know you and they only know you or at least somewhat in relation to how deeply they can feel you. And that's why, that's Mm -hmm. why people suffer in silence and then, you know, maybe commit suicide. And then all these close people to them, like, man, we talked so many times you shared everything with me or so I thought if I would have known that you actually felt that way, then maybe I could have been a support to you. So that's like a, an, right. a, a really dramatic consequence of that as well is like isolation. That sucks. Mm, yes, it absolutely sucks, man. It's not, it's not a fun place to be. I know I, I've been there myself and I still catch myself at times. It's not, as though, it's not as though once you're in touch with this expression of your emotions that it's 100% everywhere in your life. At least hasn't yeah. been my experience. No, for sure. And I know that that's just one that's just like one way that we connect it's it's a very powerful way that we connect is through being able to feel what someone else feels it's like when you see a, a video on youtube of a little child that overcomes this you know devastating disease and you see their family around them hugging them as they're getting better and then they're running in the park it evokes an emotion it draws us in it's enrolling yeah. it's captivating it creates that space of possibility whereas if you just read words on a page that talk about that same story it's not going to hit it's not, it's not going to catch you, catch us the same way. So even in just a functional relationship sense, we can't really recognize or see each other if we're not allowing those portals to be open at all times. Totally, totally. And that's why, like going back to kids, that's why we're captivated by kids. And even if it's uncomfortable, really, at the end of the day, everybody just wants to be themselves, you know? And it's, it's a funny trick that our brains play sometimes. And I, I do there's many of us that are involved in this paradigm shift of like to our egos, things like vulnerability feel like weakness or like, Oh, I'm exposed. People are not going to like me. But the irony is, is that it often creates the exact opposite effect. And that, that can be a kind of a kind of revelation that you have several times. I mean, revelation only to the ego that that, that's going, Oh, this is going to make you like me less if you could see this. And, but in actuality, it's like you almost like, or like a, a hero on, on some level because the human spirit, you know, really craves that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the most powerful things that I've seen is when you get uh, a ton of people together in a room, let's say you get 30 people together in a room and one person shares a really vulnerable story about how they're feeling or an experience they've been through. And you look around the room and see how many people can relate to that. And you see the hands fly. Right. It's incredible. It's incredible how many of us walk around not sharing the depth of our story, but all having something that we can relate to, something that we have in common. And it's the beauty of communities, especially these online communities. You know, a lot of people say it's not the same as meeting face to face, but at the very least, we can exchange stories. We can, I can film a video of myself or record a podcast ex- expressing my emotion, expressing a story. And I'll get tons of people that can say, hey, I've been through the same thing. Thanks for sharing that story. It was inspirational. And yet we're still having a hard time breaking through that barrier. I think that it's happening more and more totally. often, but it's it's still a tough one to break through. Totally, I agree. Yeah, I, I just I was thinking about I just got a quick flash of like my evolution and like the leading edge of, of it when I think about things like vulnerability and transparency, which is 
obviously very vulnerable. And to me, one of the things in the realm of inspiration and possibility, I'll just say possibility, of when we really open up and connect deeper with ourselves and our emotions and with another's emotions and, you know, like I said, the intimacy and the connection, is it really expands us to other levels of consciousness where we're all already connected, right? And it kind of brings the, it kind of brings this more, what can somewhat seem like a somewhat supernatural realm more into the natural realm. But one of the, like if anyone's intrigued or inspired by that idea of, you know, having a more limitless relationship or more a relationship that has a lot more, you know, magic and connected to our divinity, that's also one of the positive consequences of connecting deeper with your emotions and being more transparent in your consciousness is that you, you become more unified with life and with other people. And, and that can be really, really powerful and, and also fun to be that close to someone, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could go deeper into that, but I just, you know, when I looked at, got a flash of my evolution in relation to like intimacy and vulnerability and looking at the, you know, the positive fruits from that journey, one of them is also like unity, deeper into unity, right? Which now mm-hmm. just bring opens up a whole new realm of possibilities in terms of experiencing connection with life, with the divine and with another being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think it's the it's the first portal into greater relationship, greater connection with each other is is sharing something. It's almost like a handshake. It's like a new age right. handshake. <laughs> is hey, one of my most vulnerable truths is that you know I, someone pulled my pants down in fifth grade, and I haven't been the same ever since. Right. You know, or whatever whatever that is. It's like a, it's a new way of connecting and, and breaking, going right to seven layers deep when it comes to truth and honesty with one another. Um, I think, and we're working our way there. A lot more people are getting comfortable with it. And there is something I'd like to say about that, yeah. though, is when it comes to confidentiality or safe spaces, what, what, are, your, what are your beliefs about that? When, when is the right time and the right place to share something really vulnerable? Because a lot of people would say, yeah, but, it, you know, going and broadcasting a really vulnerable and deep truth on, on Facebook, for example, you may not know how that can be received. And that's, that may not be a safe uh, support to, 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 to get from that type of medium. So what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, my thoughts on it go from complexity to simplicity, right? The simplicity would be discernment. The complexity is discernment is a, is a, is a learned thing. Right. And, and to me, mm-hmm. I, I tend to default to the intelligence of spirit and my spirit as the answer to the question. Right. And so mm-hmm. it just, there's so many, like going into the complexity of that question, there's so many factors connected to that. It's like, what's your intention? Do you know what I mean? What's, so I might have some general kind of guidelines or things that I would say about that. It's like, you know, like on one hand, having, being vulnerable in a safe space depends on where you're at in your progress. Like at one stage of your uh, development, like that might be the best thing for you, but then maybe you've gotten really good at being vulnerable in a safe space and you want to integrate more in, in you know, some other compartment of self-mastery. And, and then, you know, being able to be vulnerable in a not safe space is something that you grow into. You see what I'm saying? So it's kind of relative to where you're at and what your soul's calling forth most for at that stage of your development. Your intention and what stage of development you're in, I think, is one way to kind of refine the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. And one other thing I'll say on, on that about, and maybe this might be slightly veering off, but I made a distinction recently between being vulnerable and being emotional. And, and I, I came through pretty nicely because that's like, you can be emotional, but not vulnerable. But if you're vulnerable, vulnerable includes being emotional, but emotional doesn't necessarily include being vulnerable. And sometimes, sometimes if you just look at it on the surface, it, they could look like the same thing. It's like, oh, this person's emotional. They're, they're, they're crying or, you know, they're, they're upset and they're letting their emotions flow. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're being vulnerable though. Hmm. So what's missing in that case? As someone who's just being emotional but not vulnerable, what's, what's missing? Well, I can say what's happening and what's missing. What's happening is that you're still very much in the mind, even though you're in the emotional body. You're still very much in the mind. And when you're in the mind or the identity, then you're in, like in fight or flight. So you're trying to protect, protect or preserve uh, something false, essentially. So it's, it's more, you're, you're still in defense, even if 
regardless of what you're saying, but the moment you start being vulnerable, it's like something shifts. Even if you're having the same emotion flowing through you, there's just a different experience. It's like the difference between me saying, you know, Jenny, you pissed me off. I'm upset. And I, you know, you told me you're going to be there. And it was, you know, my, my celebration ceremony. And I'm just upset, bro. Be like the difference between saying that, which is fine. There's some level of vulnerability in that and saying, you know, I, I'm afraid, mm-hmm. you know, or saying like, I, 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 I feel like I'm losing you as soon as, as soon mm-hmm. as you, tune deeper into vulnerability then regardless of positive or negative or the level of intensity of emotion that you're feeling there, there there's just something it's more contained in a way because you're not resisting what you're feeling and when we're in fight or flight or that our, our egos are trying to preserve themselves then we're not actually really being vulnerable so so, mm-hmm. so the more i've noticed the more vulnerable we become and it's sometimes it's like this journey from the head to the heart deeper into the actual feeling and to actually let ourselves feel it, which is interesting because if we're like spouting out a feeling, we might be like, I'm totally feeling it. Right. And, and on one hand we are, but vulnerability comes when it's almost like you become more, you actually feel the feeling more. And then what I notice is that the things that you express may start to change because they become more true. So it's like layers of truth. So like I said, layer one might be like, I'm upset at you. The next layer beneath that might be, I'm actually, you know what? I'm scared. You know, like, oh, more specific might be, I'm scared to lose you. Another, I'm scared to be alone. And there's a quality of feeling that happens when you get right to the heart of it and, and, and say the truest thing that could come off of your lips. And it's the most vulnerable thing you could say. Because it, when you say like, I'm afraid, or I'm afraid to lose you, then there's no protection. There's no defense. There's no fight. There's no flight. There's no trying to change it. It's just, this is the actual feeling that was underneath all these other layers. Yes. Uh, that's a great distinction that you make there, man. And first thing that I'll say is I consider that to be a practice. That That is a practice of mastery, the ability to get to that la- layer of truth, of precision yeah. uh, in expressing ourselves. So this isn't something <laughs> that that everybody is capable of doing right now simply because, you know, Oren is able to articulate, it, I think is really cool. So for one thing, we can all embrace emotional expression and articulation as a practice, yeah. right? That's, that's one thing that's part of our evolution. Totally. The other thing I thought was brilliant about what you said is when you, when you illustrated that quick scenario about you telling me how you were pissed off that I missed your ceremony celebration, I know that the response or the retort to that is is a defensiveness. Well, listen, man, you don't know. I, my car broke down. You didn't even ask me where I was. You just assumed that I bailed on you, da, 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 da. But as soon as you go to, I'm afraid that I'm losing you, this is, it's been a long time since we connected, right. then immediately it draws me in. Right. And that's what you're talking about here is like, you know, a greater intimacy is that closeness of connection. How how quickly can we come to a place of connection Yeah. And, and mutual growth? Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for like reflecting that back. Cause that's exactly what I'm saying. And it, it's like, if we look at it in levels and like you said, it's a journey, there's a growth. And as you deepen, then you get closer to that intimacy and connection and what your heart is really trying to say versus what your head is taking and twisting. It's like, Oh, this is what I want. And you go, Oh no, actually, actually it's, it's, it's this, you know, cause if you stay on that first level, and then you go, oh, you didn't even call me. Oh, but I had this going on. Then it's like you're just speaking head to head to head to head to head. And it might seem like, even if you make progress, it might seem like, oh, I'm winning. But you don't leave conversations like that feeling any better, really. Uh-huh. You don't feel more connected. You don't, even if you go, oh, I solved it. And he's like, oh, dude, my bad. I'll be there. Then I'll be there next time. You might still leave the conversation feeling like, I don't know. Is he going to really be there? Does he really care about me? Because that's really what you're saying. It's not, it's not, it's not even mm-hmm. just saying, oh, the event was important. It was a celebration. It's like, dude, do you care? You know? Mm-hmm. So if you, if I just came at you, it was just like emotional only. It was just like, you know, how could you? And then you responded with your, you know, your mind and was like, oh, you know, my bad. Or let's just say you responded with guilt. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, dude, my bad. And they go, oh, it'll never happen again. I still may not feel. Cause in order to feel, you have to feel. <laughs> Right. I still may not, yeah. still may not feel the deeper question, which was, man, do you really love me? Mm. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling am that. I important. Like that's what's beneath and that's where the vulnerability is. And that's, that's something worthy of like deepening in and practicing, you know, and getting yourself yeah. to and being courageous in 
exposing yourself mm-hmm. to yourself essentially and then sharing that with another. Mm. That's cool, man. I, I think a lot of times also we don't believe that someone could possibly understand us. Right. Like they'll never get me. They'll never understand the depths of what I'm experiencing right now. So I might as well not tell them. And I think that emotions and and on this level that we're speaking of, it's like an alphabet that we're born with. It's like we're born with the basics. We can all understand and recognize anger. We can all understand and recognize sadness. And we've all, if we made it, especially if we made it to adulthood, if we've made it to two years old, we've experienced the full spectrum of emotions. So, and probably even sooner than that. So everybody can relate to these things. And I think like what we're talking about here is is more the practice and the, the art of being able to get out of the way of our emotions, to let them come to the surface. And also to not go too far the other direction, right? And just unload, because that's another thing, emotional dumping and just unloading a bunch of emotions on people. Is that is that another example of that difference between being emotional and being vulnerable? It, it, it is, it is. Because when you're being vulnerable, you actually, because you're more connected to your feeling and then you're actually naturally more responsible, right? Because you're more, mm-hmm. you're more present, your presence, your attention is more, really rooted in what you're feeling. And so then you become naturally more responsible versus if you're not feeling your feelings as much and you're being less vulnerable and you're more in your head, then you're more likely to be more reactive and like spewing your, your emotions out with, with no real value manifesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just re- remembering a conversation I had with my girl not too long ago and, and just reflecting back and I was like, wow, that's a really powerful interaction or communication is I was being with her in an emotional expression um, that had to do with us. And at some point, you know, I was just being with her. I was just listening. And at some point um, we were still in the storyline. We're talking about a, a situation. And I, and I said, I said, you know, babe, I, 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 I want to, I want to be with you and how you feel. Right. And, and, and give some honor and presence to how you feel. And, and, and I invited her into that space and she really appreciated it because I, I said, if you want to talk about the storyline, I, I would ask you like, what, what's your intention? I'm like, if I agree with you or disagree with you, it's neither here nor like, what's, what's our intention? And it was one of those moments that, that we don't always have the opportunity for because there was enough presence in the moment to where I was like, we could choose two paths right now. And one thing I was like, what's, what's the intention? What's our intention? As if you want to, if you want to go into this, like, what's the intention? Cause I, it's like, my intention would be to honor how you feel. My intention is to love you. My intention is to connect. And, and th- these are things that we can look at in terms of how we're communicating or being with another and how we're being with ourselves even, you know, and I'm, just, mm-hmm. I'm just speaking to the emotional dumping comment because I think the more honest we get and the more courageous we get and the more vulnerable we get, the more responsible we naturally get. And being responsible is then we're less likely to be dumping something or just spewing out emotions with no real vulnerability. So no real transformations happening one. And if you're trying to solve something, very little resolution even happens. And even if you resolve it, like, Oh, I'll take out the trash. Okay. I got it. Then no real solution happens right because then that no one's really known like okay why did you actually what were you feeling right what why did you why did you why did you do that not why i think you did but why did you do that so even on a level of problem solving i'm talking about relationships now um to me a real core problem solving is in direct relation to how much truth is present and how much you can feel someone's heart and see why they're doing what they're doing, why it made sense to them. And I think that if you have resistance to uh, certain emotions, then you don't reveal that type of clarity. Anyway, yeah. I went out and, you, and you touched on something. I, no, that's, that's great because they touched on something really valuable there. It, there's two really important tools that we can all embrace that give us, that empower us. Number one is intention. Yeah. Always checking in with what is really my intention here. Right. Because most of the time our intention is not just to be right to win the argument, right? right? On, a, on a deeper level, we want connection, right? And then 
on the, the other side of that is responsibility. You said vulnerability has a component of responsibility tied to it. So whether I'm the receiver of somebody's emotions, I'm taking a responsibility to really hear them. Or if I'm the expressor of my emotions or how I'm feeling in, in, about something, there's a responsibility to hone it in and to deliver it in a way where someone can actually hear and understand me. And a lot of times when we're just hurling emotions and it's overwhelming. It's like being Neo in the Matrix and you're just trying to end up dodging it to survive. Yeah. 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 I, I've definitely had some Matrix training you know, and my day. so, so much to the point that I can feel where I'm coming from or where someone else is coming from. And so I don't, that's why I don't really nowadays, I don't get hooked into the content, you know, or into the, the, the content of, uh, that's being expressed through emotionality. I'm looking for connection, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the, one of the ways to find connection, like I said, is vulnerability. Another one is just truth. And those kind of go hand in hand because the more vulnerable you are, the more truthful you are and the more aware you are of what's really going on deep inside you, you know? Um, so, so to me, and this is, this is kind of going into a classic men are from Mars, women from Venus type of thing is like, as a, as a man, something I found to be very valuable is to, you know, not get hooked into a conversation line or a situation, like something specific. If your woman is actually just emotional, don't, don't take her liter- literally like, oh, oh, hey, like, no, you asked this and I'm saying this, but wait a minute, you're still, you're still not happy, you know, you're like, but you said this and I said this, like, I like li- literal, it's like, that can be, yeah, it can get bananas if you, you can recognize that, oh, this is just a feeling and I can feel her heart, I can feel his heart and this is, this is an expression that's coming out of fear and, 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 a, and a voice that doesn't necessarily know how to ask for what it really wants. So don't take everything literally, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people, when they're in that, in, in that state or when we're in a, in a state of emotions like that, we may not even be able to actually articulate what our heart truly wants. So if you, if right. you are the person listening or on the other end of that, then it's very supportive to not, you know, jump into anything super specific or, you know, or try to be too rational about the situation when it's not rational. Right. Right. And, and I like that you, that you painted it that way. Cause that's, that's what men or let's just say the masculine will do is to try to rationalize or make logical sense of what's being shared. And uh, another reason that benefits men to be tapped into our ability to experience and process emotions is to really he- be able to hear what our woman or what someone in their feminine essence is is expressing. Because if we don't know that ourselves, right. then it's hard, it's difficult to recognize fear in somebody. It's difficult to recognize totally. deep sadness or deep longing behind words that really don't carry right. the message of emotions, right? Totally. And that's why if you're not connected to your emotions as a man and you're not connected to your feeling center, then you're only processing through your brain. Right. And if you're processing through your brain, then you're also subject to your own fears. And there's just so much distortion that could come that that lead to a real ineffectiveness in in any type of relationship dynamic. Mm. Nice, man. Well, I, I, this was a really valuable conversation about emotions. I, I think that it's been it's really great that we went. And I didn't know we were going to go this direction, which is cool. <laughs> Um, And way back in the beginning, when you were talking about the three benefits, one of them was tapping into this wisdom, this intelligence. I I believe it was intuition. I don't know if you use that word, but can you just talk a little bit about that? I know you've, I just caught a video you put up, I think it was recently about trusting your gut and following your heart's desire. So just speak to that for a minute. Yeah. So in any moment in our life with any goal, intention, or desire that we have with ourselves or with another person, we have that intention, right? And then we have some level of spiritual energy connected to it. So like our passion, inspiration, you know, it's like something that we really desire to create or experience, right? The thing about intuition is in, in our, which connects to our feeling center, is that it, it's, it's almost like our self, meaning like the story of self, our identity, and everything that we know in terms of our intellect and our past experiences and our wisdom is, is in the valley and our intuition is on the mountaintop. So it can see, okay, well, I know directly what you're going after. And I see that you're, you know, you're, you're going left, but you could go right. And you're going left based upon your own knowledge, right? But your intuition, your higher self, whatever, can see from a much broader perspective 
what it is that's actually going to manifest the true authentic intention of the moment. And that's why I say it's a, it's a, a broader level of intelligence and that directly connects to feeling, right? And being able to feel because intuitive information comes to us uh, in a different frequency. It's not, it's, not, uh, it's not always linear, it's not always direct, but we, we generally process it in one way or another through being able to feel. And so that's a huge resource that we have in our life, in our business, in our relationships, in our decisions, is our intuition. But it's, it's something that we feel. And so, mm-hmm. so that's why if we're only in our like, logic center or our uh, you know, persona, then we're missing this huge reg- reservoir of intelligence that could be helping us in, in life in a major, major way. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I completely agree. It's, it's one of the, one of the instinctual things that we have that most people have a hard time tapping into these days. Yeah. And I, and I would put another flavor on that to say that flow, you know, which is one of the things I speak and teach about, you know, uh, flow, flow state athletes call it the zone, you know, which is being in the magic of life in the right place at the right time. It's the same thing with that. So take something like inspiration, this is one of the ways that, that, that flow works is that if you have an inspiration, let's say to go to the beach, but it's not connected to your logical plan or intention for what you're doing at that moment or on that day. But your inspiration is saying, man, I feel really inspired to go to the beach. And then if you actually take action on that, this is when you might go to the beach and the very thing that you were looking for and searching for primarily with your logic, you happen to bump into synchronistically this person at the beach who has the exact puzzle piece, the exact thing that you're looking for. And what I'm saying is that if we operate on logic primarily and primarily in our heads, then that type of orchestration doesn't happen nearly as much. And so that's another example of feeling. It's like, okay, I'm feeling inspiration. So what I'm saying is inspiration is almost like information. It's formless. Mm. It's formless because it's just a feeling but if we notice a lot of times, if we follow that feeling, it literally materializes itself. It comes into form of things that are beyond, that are our own intentions, our own goals, but beyond just our own orchestration based upon what we see. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, again, directly connected to feeling. That's why it's almost predictable if you follow your inspiration, your excitement, your passion, your bliss, if you do things that you love, if you're in service, these are all things that put you more in your heart and put you more in your feeling center. And so it's almost predictable that if you do more of those things, you're going to experience more flow, more synchronicity, more magic, more support from life, just simply by the fact that you're connected more to feeling. (laughs) That's that's awesome, man. And I'm so I'm so with you because I, I'm frankly I'm still learning that lesson right now. Is, is it's been a journey for me in the, in through my 20s to learn how to trust my intuition and my instincts. In fact, the first time somebody asked me, "What does your gut tell you?" It was like that scene. I don't know if you've seen Kill Bill, but when Uma Thurman's in the seat and she's trying to get her toe to move, I was trying to tap into a part of my body that I just couldn't access. And so I'm hearing the voice of others who are going to listen to this and say, be like, yeah, Oren, that sounds great. But how is intuition going to pay my bills? How's intuition going to get me the job and the girl that I want? You know, <laughs> which, which, which is almost the equivalent of saying God, the grand organized design can seamlessly orchestrate an unfathomable level of intelligence and nature and everything and our heartbeat and everything. It can do all of that. But when it comes to like, you know, how am I going to, you know, make five grand as if it doesn't have the intelligence to that. And I'm, I'm saying that when you connect to your intuition, you're also connected to infinite intelligence. Mm. So, but what I understand the struggle there, because I've struggled with it, it's the sensation of like I, the identity going, but I can't see how this could get done if I don't do it this way, or if I don't make it happen, or if I, but that's part of the process of opening up to faith and to surrender I mean, and that's part of it. And the other thing that struck me, because we're talking about, you know, masculine energy or two, that works against us in terms of experiencing more flow and actually more of our power is that when our masculine energy is flowing a lot through our identity, our identity, meaning our sense of self and our belief structure, like this is what it means to be a man, not more, not, not organically what it means to be a man, but just more from a defined or judgmental or ego-based structure, then we have things like pride, like ego pride. 
and this is subconscious, subconscious sometimes, is that if we have that operating very strongly in our consciousness, then no matter how much we say we want more support or we'd love for there to be more flow or for things to be easier, it will go against our sense of life force and significance that we get from being the one. <clears throat> and this is one of the things that happens in the evolution of masculine energy is that the masculine energy and this pure sense of like divine masculine energy, which is like this God energy, it starts to flow less through the persona and ego structure and more through the heart and spirit. So then it's power. It just gains power. And so uh, I remember a few years ago I had, I had someone in a, in a mastermind group and you know, they're like, man, or I want to experience, you know, more, more effortlessness, more flow, more grace, more of this. I feel so unstoppable and powerful when I'm in the flow. I want to experience more of that in my business and my relationships in my life. Do you have any advice for me? I said, well, I said, the thing about it is though, even though, you resonate with the idea and you'd love to experience that you still have this thing. I could feel it because intuition, I could feel it. It's like where you need to be the one. So the, the trade-off, the thing that you would lose in terms of the masculine energy is that all of this extra support and magic and power that really is an extension of you. It's not separate from you. You have to be okay. Not being the one who figured the thing out, yeah. not being, the one who's the powerful man who conquered it. Because to me, at the end of the day, if we're talking about results, like the result would be the, you know, the accomplishment, the result would be the protection, the result would be, then that's pure intention. But if the self, the I, the, the, the persona needs to be the one, then literally you're going to constrict the flow of all these other resources that really would require you to be more in a space of humility, being in more of a space of just like, yeah, you get what I'm saying. So that, yeah. that's something that I noticed as you kind of like can upgrade the force of masculine energy. Sometimes I like to say from masculine to divine masculine to awakened masculine, it just becomes more and more refined and more and more uh, connected to our divinity. Yeah. And, and there's a connection there. I, I was just thinking about some of these old stories and old messages that we've gotten from previous generations, thinking of the self-made man. Right, the self-made man is all about. I'm going to prove that I made it all on my own. I didn't get help from anybody. Didn't receive any help. Right. And you're saying that's the price of admission into this library of <laughs> infinite intelligence is let go of needing to be the guy, and you'll have you'll have access to all of this. But I, I understand why that's still difficult for some people because if there's an ego that's that doesn't trust that they will be loved and received without that sense of significance, then they have to attach to it. They have to hold on right. to it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and if there's been a negative connotation associated with feeling incapable, then at these certain life moments, uh, the, the person who's, you know, if we're attached to this more ego uh, level of, of capability, then if life puts us in a, cir a circumstance and we can't figure out the answer to the question, the solution to the problem or what to do in the moment, there's this connotation of, oh, that means I'm not a man. That means I'm weak. And so then the ego goes into hyperdrive being like, we have to figure this out or we're going to die because the alternative would be to, to be vulnerable and be like, I don't know. Right. But as soon, as soon as you could just release that resistance and judgment on oneself that, oh, this means I'm not capable, which translates to I'm not really a man, then the, the, all of this other intelligence and power, which is connected to your max masculinity as well. It's just your extended <laughs> can, can actually come into your system. But if you have that type of resistance, then you will try to control life mm -hmm. when you're in a moment, which on the surface looks like, wow, winning. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm more powerful. I'm able, but really, you know, if you step back and look at it, it might be like, okay, is that the most effective thing to do right now? Are yeah. you really winning? Mm. You know, and, and, and this is where this is a connection to, you know, we said pride, you know, or even just what does it mean to be capable to me in the purest sense of being capable is like pure divine will. It's like, I can, I will. Right. But that in the purest sense doesn't mean I alone, like the story of me and everything I have in my little toolkit right. of life to me, it, it's, it's, it means I like all of me, which includes you, which includes nature. And to me, that's way, way, way more capable and powerful. But in the journey of letting go of these layers of self, what we have to be confronted with is feeling 
weak, feeling incapable, feeling insecure, maybe judging ourselves. I'm like, oh, you know, this is what it needs to be a man. So right now I'm not being a man unless I, you know, and then you, you know, force this thing or unless I'm the one that can figure it out. And then even if we figure it out, we wind up getting kind of stuck at some point of like, that's as, that's as great as our life can be. That's mm-hmm. as much, as much as we can't go any further until we like break another layer of the self. Right. Right. Because, because as, as men, we're, we're not superhuman. We, we, there's a limit to how much you can hustle and grind and muscle your way through. And one of the big things that a lot of the thought leaders talk about is how resourceful are you? And the ability, the yeah. ability to be resourceful and to utilize your resources is asking for help. It's tapping into your network. It's saying, I don't know how to do this. You love to do this. Can you help me out with this? Can we co-collaborate? And then there's this weaving and this interconnection between our journeys that produces fulfillment and inspiration and joy and happiness because ultimately that's what we want on a basic level, right? Is back to belonging, cooperation, cohabitation. Totally. And I, and I, I, I would say that the person who's resourceful and connected and says, yo, Jetty, I can't figure this thing out. Can you help me out? To me, I don't see any distinction. Like if if that worked, that's still masculine energy. Mm -hmm. The resourcefulness in which I connected and even came up with the idea to reach out to you is still not separate from me. So it's still masculine energy. And I think that's part of the paradigm shift of not looking at that going, oh, well, because I asked Jetty and he's the one that helped me, then I wasn't being masculine. I'm like, no, that still is masculine energy in that I'll do whatever it takes attitude, that resource, that stream of resourcefulness in its purest form can take any form. And if what comes through is to reach out to somebody, then that's still masculine energy. Yeah. Yeah. Being solution-based is is a very masculine energy. It's part of the masculine essence. Right. And it's not contained just within our own little camp of you know, the, the little island that we're standing on with just everything that we can see and our, all of our own resources. Yeah, man. Well, right on. Uh, this is this has been a great conversation. I, I, I really feel like we've discovered and kind of unlocked some areas of this dialogue that I wasn't expecting to get into. So thank you for playing yeah. along, man, and going on the journey with me. <laughs> Yeah, likewise, uh, man. Uh, before, before we wrap up, I'd like to finish with a few lightning questions, if you're game for it. All right. Yeah, for, I'm getting. For, first one is, what is one thing you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18 years old? That everybody on the planet really just wants to be themselves. And at the end of the day, you might as well go for it because like the worst feeling in the world is regret. It's way worse than failure, trying something and failing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I wish I would have known that when I was 18. Um, then I would have dove more quickly into the process of life and playing, you know, with the successes and failures and just the exploration, realizing that on some level you can't really fail. Uh, I wish I would have known that. <laughs> yeah, man, I think that's that's a message I, I'm imparting into my son at a young age because that that was something I didn't get early on in my life. And I think it would have been really beneficial to hear as a young person. Yeah, yeah. totally. Awesome, man. Um, and then last one, what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? As, as a man, mm. integrity. Mm. I'm right there with you, bro. For me, that's the same yeah. one. Yeah, and, and I, when I say integrity, integrity, one of the definitions of integrity means wholeness, right? And also integrity is used in architecture sometimes to determine like the strength of the foundation of something. Mm-hmm. And I think where my definition of integrity might expand beyond the traditional is integrity if it means wholeness and we are mind you know we're like mind body heart and spirit if we eliminate any part of our being then that weakens our integrity so as a man again being in integrity to my heart for example is part of the overall signature of my level of integrity so if I was only in integrity like okay with my word which is a level of integrity you know being honest which is a level of integrity but then I was predominantly, you know, I was kind of ignoring my heart and my spirit, my intuition to a large degree, then I'm actually not fully in integrity. And people unconsciously can feel that. Like they feel your integrity and it it promotes trust. All right. The more integrated you are, the more in integrity you are with all of you and with truth. To me, there's a strength in that, like as, as a man. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and the strength is not in the perfection of the execution. It's in the devotion. Hmm. You know, you know, that's where the real strength is. And, and you can feel it in some way. Like, like with me, I would say like the things I'm devoted to, like truth and like love you, you, there's an integrity there just simply because you can't shake me on it. Like you can throw me for, throw a curveball at me. You can throw a dragon at me. I might get eaten. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm still going in uh-huh. every time. So that, that to me is like an anchor into just our divinity and, and the, the masculine aspect of our divinity. So mm. integrity. Nice, man. That That's a great takeaway. Of, of everything that we went into on this conversation, that last piece of expanding what integrity is, um, thinking of the, the structural integrity of a building and the structural integrity of a man having all of our parts in place and in position, that's huge, man. I, I, I love that. I, we're just going to drop the mic on that one. We, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope I, everyone who stuck around for the end, they got that, they got that gold nugget at the end of the road. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, excellent conversation. I really appreciate you. Take a minute to tell everybody who's listening, if they don't already know who you are, where they can find you, where they can track you, work with you, be a part of your journey. Sure. Oren Harris on Instagram. That's at Oren Harris. It's O-R-E-N. H-A-R-R-I-S. Uh, I post quite a bit on Instagram, uh, inspirational, transformational content, videos, blogs, and also other cool stuff. On Facebook, I'm Oren Harris as well. And I do a lot of live streams. It's one of the ways I add value on Facebook. So check me out on Facebook. My website is orenharris.com. Yeah, those are the three main places. My website, Facebook, and Instagram, all Oren Harris. Awesome, man. We'll make sure we put that up in the show notes. And you started to unlock some, I could see how we could have gone at least another hour or two into some conversations. You know, you start talking about integrity and then I start thinking about really knowing oneself. So maybe maybe that'll be chapter two, somewhere down the road uh, we can get into, man. We'll have you back on the show. And always a pleasure to be able to sit down with you, man, and tap into your wisdom. Yeah, likewise, man. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate being with you and being here you know, and connecting with you in this way. So thank you. Yeah, you got it, brother. Anytime. What a powerful conversation with Oren. You know, we connected in the flesh for the first time when we both spoke on the Millennial Mindset panel down in L.A., just a couple months ago now, I think maybe weeks ago. And I had been tracking Orange journey for a long time. And what I realized about this man is that he is constantly in his channel. And when I say in his channel, I mean, he is constantly listening and responding to whatever stimulus is coming in, whether it's a conversation, whether it's his environment, whether he's alone by himself and just funneling through whatever information is coming through him at that moment, he is a very clear vessel for his truth. And that's something that really inspires me. I hope that you folks out there who are listening had an opportunity to experience that in the way that we had this dialogue, or that you get a chance to meet Oren in person, experience one of his amazing events. He's got one coming up here. He just had one November 10th. He's going to be doing more of these events. So make sure you guys follow his journey, track what he's up to. He's an incredible dude. All right. For those of you guys out there, I've already mentioned it at the top of the show, I want every man out there to have the opportunity to experience the Elements Initiation Weekend. So if you're feeling the call right now and you want to make it happen, January 2019, coming up real shortly here in a couple of months, head over to rise.jettyazuma.com slash elements. The first Elements Weekend we had was tremendous. So much growth, so much expansion for the men who were involved. Just go check out the video that we have. It's, it's amazing to hear the testimony and the feedback from these men in such a short period of time. It always amazes me is how simple and how effective it can be when we just get right to the point and cut through the BS. So make sure you go head over to rise.jdzuma.com elements to check it out. Sign up today. While you're at it, join the Rising Man Facebook community at facebook.com slash groups slash the rising man. All types of community events, community conversations, connection and discovery happening every single day out there. Head over there if you're not a member already Or if you're a member, make sure you invite some of your brothers in so we can grow this brotherhood that we have inside the Facebook community. Please check out the show notes for all the links and resources relative to this episode and every episode at therisingmanpodcast.com. Subscribe or follow us on the podcast app of your choice. Please make sure you subscribe because it lets other people know. It helps us rise in the ranks so that more people can find the Rising Man podcast. So 
If you find value and benefit in what we're doing here, please leave a review, a comment with your biggest takeaways, insights, and reflections from each episode, whether it's on the app that you use to listen to us or at the risingmanpodcast.com. All of your feedback, all of your comments really help to shape what we're doing here because it's all about you guys. It's all about the men out there. So let us know how we're doing, how we're serving you and what you need. Also, please go over to Instagram and add us, follow us. If you don't already check out the amazing work my man Rowan's doing at rising man podcast for on Instagram, just an incredible way to track the journey to get those little blurbs that pull you into each episode, share it up with your friends, like it up, love it up, tag it up, do what you do on Instagram. Big shouts to Sean Offenbach. Like every episode, man, spinning these out every single week, making them sound fresh, making them sound listenable and intriguing to everybody out there. I appreciate what you do, brother. Give him a follow over at Infinite Melodics, M-E-L-O-D-I-X on Instagram. Lots of love to my Rising Man Power team, Julian, Mark, Rowan. You guys are crushing it. 2019 is going to be huge. So let's gear up, fellas. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.